0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: All right, let's have some fun. Alongside Gabe Knights, well, I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Huge story out of the association last night. Some of you may have been asleep when it happened. The Golden State Warriors fall 119-116 to the... Phoenix Suns, but that is not the story. The story is Draymond Green being ejected for the 18th time in his career during the regular season, second most. Second most ejections in the last 25 years behind only Rasheed Wallace. The incident in question happened in the second half of the game. Green gets tangled up with Yusuf Nurkic. And as according to him, as he's trying to sell the call, his arm comes flying around and accidentally punches (laughs) Nurkic in the face. So now, Gabe Neitzel, (laughs) we turn our attention to the potential suspension that could be coming for a team that is currently 10 and 13 they're the 11th seed as of right now in the Western Conference, which means they're outside of even the play-in. 10-13, and 13, Draymond's already missed, what, eight games this season out of 23. Five of those were due to a suspension. If he's headed for a double-digit suspension here, is this team already cooked for the season?
2: It kind of feels like it, unless suddenly Clay Thompson gets back to the Clay Thompson of old, which he has not been to this point. Draymond is... Despite all the suspensions, despite all the headaches, despite all the issues that he has caused this team, he's still a huge part of what they need. I mean, and Steve Kerr has said it on multiple occasions, whether it was at the end of last season when Draymond was going to be a free agent and they had decisions to make about, you know, the teammate he... Now that, that one wasn't an accident. He just straight-up punched Jordan Poole in the face, right? Like, he didn't try to say, oh, I accidentally trying to, you know, reach out and help him up. I accidentally punched him in the face. There was no Once explanation that like that. Once that video came out...
1: <laughs> There wasn't a whole lot that was left for the imagination that's, that's on very that one. Fair. Very fair. <laughs> we didn't so, really need to go to the court of law to figure out <laughs> what
2: had happened there. That was, it was pretty clear and evident. But he's still <laughs> super important to this team. Yeah. And if he ends up missing, I mean, if he misses the next ten games and they go three and seven, that just buries them further in what's a very competitive Western conference. This, this is going to be, whatever the suspension is, it is going to be detrimental to their chances of making even the play.
1: I mean, Uh, People will look at the Warriors and they'll say they were crazy for re-signing him this offseason. They gave him four years, $100 million. The thing is, the Warriors aren't idiots, all right? They won a lot (laughs) of championships. They have a very aggressive ownership group led by Joe Lacob. They want to win. They prioritize winning above all else. And they have been very, very good in that department over what's coming up on a decade here. They're not morons, They sit down, they run the cost-benefit analysis of bringing Draymond Green back. They're well aware of these issues. They have been watching them for years. But at the same time, they're trying to maximize what's left of the Steph Curry window. And in order to do that, they have to surround him with the best possible talent. And Draymond Green, given all the options out there, is some of the best possible talent. All right? As a facilitator, as a defender. A very high IQ basketball player. The problem is low IQ emotional intelligence. And you have moments like last night and moments versus Gobert and moments like stomping on DeMontis Sabonis' chest in the playoffs last year, getting suspended for game three against the Kings. Those moments happen because of the low emotional intelligence. But to this point, it has not been enough to outweigh the benefit of of the high basketball intelligence. And that's why he's still a member of the Golden State Warriors. They take the bad with the good. And as of now, they still believe that the good outweighs the bad.
2: And at some point, they realized, and maybe it was going to be toward the back end of the contract, when you know he gets past 35 and maybe some of the skills that have made him good, the athleticism that makes him a good defender, and those start to diminish, then maybe that's time to move on. And they can trade him as an expiring contract at the end of the four-year deal they gave him at the end of this past season. But... The thing that just is is shocking to me and, and the thing that just really stands out is the fact that this is going to be his fourth suspension in the last calendar year. (laughs) <laughs> Four. Like that's they're they're just it's racking up. It's just they're happening. These incidents are happening more rapidly and in succession, which now causes me to wonder if there's something else going on here, right? Like why in the last calendar year have the? And I guess maybe that's not as fair because one of those was he got a sixteenth technical, so that triggered an automatic suspension. But that's still three incidents of him acting out against other players that have caused him to miss times. One of which happened in the postseason.
1: One was in the playoffs. And this most recent one is going to be coming, what, less than a month after the Rudy Gobert situation? Like if you're Joe Dumars in the league office and you have to hand down this discipline, you got to be thinking to yourself, this guy again? We just gave him five games. He's right back in front of us. You're not going to get any benefit of the doubt. So now we turn our attention to the team. Go
2: ahead. Well, I was about to say, when it comes to that benefit of the doubt, if you were to ask Draymond Green, Draymond, there are other guys who sell calls in this league. We know that. How come this is, and I understand that your explanation is, oh, I was just trying to sell the call and ended up punching him in the face accidentally. How come these things only happen to you, Draymond? That would be my question. If I'm Joe Dumars and I have to sit down with Draymond Green, why do these things only happen to you? And I would be curious to know his answer to that.
1: And how come all of your accidents are punches in the face and kicks in the groin? <laughs> like how come you don't have an accident where you knock over like someone's Gatorade on the bench or an accident where you know you you bump the stack of towels that they use and and you spill those everywhere? Why is every accident a physical form of violence? It's it's it really starts to add up. So, here's where it starts to get interesting. You look at the Warriors, they're already struggling out of the gate. They're set to lose Draymond for probably close to somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 games. And now people are turning their attention to the leadership group and specifically Steph Curry. Stephen A. Smith on first take this morning had this to say about Steph Curry as the leader of the Warriors, the situation with Draymond and how it could relate to other situations around the NBA.
3: What about Steph Curry? You are the the leader. If this were a teammate of LeBron James, we'd be asking LeBron, what you going to do about it, even though LeBron isn't the one that did something like that. We would have been asking. We would have been pointing to his leadership. We've been pointing to the incredible role model that he is, the leader, the champion, the kind of impact and influence that he has. And we lean on all of those things to say LeBron, 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 even if it had nothing to do with LeBron. But somehow, some way, we never asked that question about the babyface assassin the greatest shooter on the planet earth who's a four-time champion and a two-time league MVP who by the way is class personified and I can't think of a greater role model than Steph Curry why is it that we would hold LeBron James to that standard but wouldn't hold Steph Curry to that standard because if I'm Steph Curry and that's my teammate my attitude would be you have any idea how much we need you you have any idea how important you are to this team you realize that when you get ejected and you get suspended you realize the kind of damage that that does to us what the hell are you doing. Fair criticism, Gabe Neitzel?
2: It, it just makes me think of... I mean, Stephen Curry has really never been the vocal leader, I would say, of the of the Warriors. He's certainly been put up there because of his status in the game. And, and Stephen A. ran down all of his credentials. But I guess when I've thought about the leadership, at least the player leadership within the Warriors, it's always been those three. It's always been Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Like, that's the leadership, all three of them. So whereas LeBron and maybe it's because he's bounced around from team to team to team and he's had success in, in three different spots with different teammates and as LeBron being one of the greatest one of the two best players of all time he kind of gets elevated to there and because Steph has been in the same spot for this entire time and he's been with the, in that spot with two similar players I guess I think of team leadership it's those three combined versus one rising above the other two Yeah, he
1: strikes me more as lead by example not by words some, some leaders are much more vocal. He doesn't he's not one of them. That doesn't mean he he never speaks. It's just he leads more by example on the court, example mm-hmm. off the court, the way he lives his life and all that stuff. I think it is extremely telling. Extremely telling when Draymond Green is in a post-game press conference after what happened last night and he's trying to tell everyone that he was looking to sell a call and he didn't mean the punch Yusuf Nurkic in the face. I think it's extremely telling that there isn't a coach or player or friend anywhere associated with him. Speaking up, grabbing his back. Like, have you heard anyone today stand up to grab his back and say, look, Draymond, Draymond's an emotional player. He plays hard. Sometimes things like this happen. But I I completely and thoroughly, 100 percent agree with him and believe him that he wasn't trying to punch Yusuf Nurkic. Like he has worn out so many relationships in that locker room through so many of these antics. You even see it in the video when he punches out Jordan Poole. Steph just walks in the other direction. He just yeah. walks away in the just, other direction when that happens. It's almost like these guys see it and they just put their arms up and they go, here we go again with Draymond Green. I think they're just used to it. This is the cost of doing business with him.
2: Yeah, because when you factor in all the suspensions, he didn't get suspended for punching his own teammates. So that doesn't factor in to all the things that we talk about in terms of on-court punishments from the league office because anytime something like that happens, teams handle it internally. And yeah, that's Steph is like, alright, I know we need him, but at this point maybe he's he has said things to Draymond Green in the past and realizes man, it doesn't matter what what I say. And that was kind of the the defeatist attitude almost that you heard from Steve Kerr last night in the press conference. You know, he's answering questions from reporters. Draymond knows we need him. You know, Draymond knows we need him. This is, I guess this is what it is. Like, what do you want me to say? Draymond, do you want me to say for the thousandth time, Draymond, you're really important to our team? We need you. What are we doing? Like, that's happened clearly to me from Steve Kerr, from Steph Curry, and it just doesn't sink in.
1: Cost-benefit analysis right? Like, the benefit of having him is greater than the cost of having him, but that's getting a lot closer, right? It's getting a lot closer, and eventually those scales are going to tip. Those of you who are hanging on Patiently, who want to get onto the show? We love you for it. Sit tight. We're going to bring some phone calls in. Triple eight, say ESPN. Triple eight, seven two nine, three seven seven six. But from punches on the court to punches in the octagon, UFC Saturday night, huge card. We've got picks and we've got football bets from one of the voices of that very sport. Good friend John Anik. He's coming up next alongside Gabe Knitzel. I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio.
0: Yeah. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only exclusions apply.
1: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up
4: staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any, you know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there.
1: That's from UFC 278 Salt Lake City back in 2022 when Leon Edwards claimed the championship from Kamaru Usman, one of the all-time great calls, all-time great calls. There's Al Michaels, Miracle on Ice, and then there's that call, and there's nothing else on the Rushmore. And I may say that because I'm a bit biased because I love this guy, lead play-by-play voice for the UFC on the call this Saturday night in Las Vegas for UFC 296 on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. John Anik joins Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. My guy, how you doing?
4: Oh, what an absolute honor to be with you boys today. As some of your listeners may know, I I cut my teeth on ESPN Radio as a SportsCenter anchor back in 2005, 2006. So it's always a privilege to be on these airwaves. I appreciate the kind words, my man. It's funny because after that Leon Edwards knockout, I went back to my room and I hop on social media I didn't even know I had said that. I felt like something had gone disastrously (laughs) wrong when I opened up my mentions, but it turned out that uh, we got pretty lucky with the timing on that night, and and we'll see what Leon has in store this weekend, my man.
1: You have been calling fights for a long time. You know the sport inside and out. You know what a good punch last looks like. Draymond Green last night in the matchup against Yusuf Nurkic in the Suns. I mean, is that an accidental punch right there in your opinion? You've seen plenty of them.
4: Yeah, I mean, I kind of want to plead the fifth, you know. I mean, it's interesting. (laughs) Like, I feel like maybe there was some intent you know but i haven't ingested it enough to really go out on the diving board with a with a strong take there
1: all right so let's get to the big stuff this weekend cards in las vegas ufc 296 i mean top to bottom this thing is stacked we're going to start with the main event leon edwards it's his second title defense the first against an opponent that isn't kamaru usman who he took out in the rematch or i should say third of the trilogy not too long ago Big matchup here, Colby Covington. He's been off for 19 months, which in this game you hear about that ring rust being a very real thing. How much of a threat is Covington going to pose this weekend to Edwards given that high cardio style he employs?
4: Well, I think if anyone is immune to ring rust just given stylistically what they bring to the table, it is Colby Covington. I believe he has been able to weaponize pace in mixed martial arts unlike any athlete out there. And even if, Joe, you and I may agree – that Colby has the best cardiovascular base in this division, if not in all of MMA. It's really more about just the pace and the output. And I do believe it can mess with your mind in preparation. And I actually think it can be used as fuel. Like if I'm Leon Edwards and I'm preparing for Colby Covington, certainly I believe that I am the better striker. I believe that I have more dynamic skills as a mixed martial arts athlete, but I need to be in the best shape of my life because if we go to the championship rounds, I can't lose because of cardio, and I do think that can mess with a fighter's mind in preparation. All of that being said, Leon Edwards has been the more active guy. He hasn't lost since 2015. His strength of schedule has been better than Colby Covington's, and I think that's why he's entrenched as a minus 150 or so betting favorite right now. But I do expect action to come in on Colby Covington leading up to Saturday night.
2: John, co-main Events. it's expected to be really good in the flyweight division. We have Pantoja, Royval, too. Is that going to live up to the hype that it's getting heading into the pay-per-view?
4: Feels like bulletproof matchmaking to me, brother. I mean, right now, is about a two-to-one favorite. A lot of the Sharps and the fighters that I talk to really like Pantoja in this matchup. I can just tell you from... What I've seen from Brandon Royval, he might be the most electric fighter in the sport, and I think he needs to be less electric this weekend, and that's a little bit tricky. He has talked and preached patience all week. We'll have our fighter meeting with him tomorrow, but this is a rematch of a fight that happened in 2021. The Pantoja won by submission, and, you know, Royval. sometimes it's kill or be killed, and I think in a championship setting, you really can't employ that type of strategy. So I like that he's talking patience, but... Of course, the other side of my mouth would suggest that he's such an offensive juggernaut as the challenger Brandon Royball that, you know, what got you to the dance, what got you to the title fight is putting people away and having that rec- reckless abandon. So the fascinating flyweight championship fight and uh, thankfully this division is still around because a few years ago this division was, uh, was one that the UFC was looking to get rid of and uh, it has done nothing but entertain really since that time.
1: No doubt. John Anik, lead play-by-play voice for the UFC. He's on the call. UFC 296 Saturday night in Las Vegas. ESPN Plus pay-per-view. The rest of the main card, I mean, all five of these are absolute bangers. You have Rachmaninoff versus Wonderboy, Patty the Batty taking on Tony Ferguson in the classic gatekeeper matchup, and then you've got Vincente Luque, Ian Machado-Gary kicking off the card. Of those three, and I know you're in love with all of them, but if one of those jumps out that you'd want to pitch to our audience who might be tuning in for the first time, like which one of those carries the most intrigue?
4: Well, for me, it's the pay per view main card opener, Ian Machado Gary taking on his former teammate, Vicente Luque. And Ian Gary is confident. He is brash, but he's also a student of the game who has such an appetite for mixed martial arts knowledge. He's undefeated. He is from Ireland. He was a kid who grew up in Ireland during the rise of Conor McGregor, and he was already a martial artist at the time, but. Can you imagine being an impressionable kid in your formative years in Ireland watching Conor McGregor take over the world? This is far and away the best Irish talent to get to this place in the UFC since Conor McGregor. And I think Ian Machado, Gary, deserves to be in trenches minus 360 or so favorite. You know, Luke is a dog, man. He's fought 20 times in the UFC. He's headlined a bunch. If you're only as good as your last fight, his was excellent. But, you know, the spread is wide for him and for Paddy Pimblett and for Shabkat Rachmanov, I think, with good reason.
2: John, you mentioned Conor McGregor there and UFC 300 right around the corner. We know for the big ones, UFC likes to bring people back. I think of Brock Lesnar at UFC 200. So with UFC 300, do we finally get that return of Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler?
4: You know, cautious optimism on my end right now. You know, I think maybe mid-April is where UFC 300 is going to land, so you would expect that there would be some sort of announcement from the UFC in January about three months out or so. We all know they're going to load the deck for UFC 300. Dana White has said this week the first prelim, right? Like this weekend we have 14 fights, and even our first prelim this weekend, Randy Brown and Muslim Salikov, is quite good. So cautious optimism on the Conor McGregor front, but one thing I can assure you guys is if you think this pay-per-view card this weekend is deep, it won't touch the depth that we have at UFC 300. It's always a challenge promotionally trying to load up a live event like that. But, uh, if anyone can do it, it, it's my bosses, the combat sports leader. All right. Now
1: look, we've handled a lot of business here, but it's time to get down to the nitty Uh gritty. Okay. We got an NFL card this weekend. I know much like myself, you like to take a look at things, see the lines. You have a thought here and there you and your brother do a fantastic podcast more on that in just a moment. But if you're looking at anything in the NFL this weekend, what's caught your eye?
4: Well, it's hard not to be reactionary week-to-week in this league, but I do think that some of my early selections here as we await some of the injury reports (laughs) are on teams (laughs) that look good last week. I like the Giants plus six at the Saints. I'll probably end up on the Jets plus nine or so at Miami. I will lay the nine and a half with the chiefs at new England. I don't believe in Bailey Zappi. I even thought that that second touchdown pass that he had to Hunter Henry was much more rooted in luck than skill. With all due respect, I don't believe in the Patriots ability to stretch the field nor keep up with the chiefs. And uh, you know, Kansas city can go in one of two ways right now, but anything under 10 on Kansas city is a play for me at Gillette stadium. And I'm also going to look at the Chicago bears plus three and a half at the Cleveland Browns. I just like the way that team has sort of rallied. I like the way they're defending. And, uh, you know, as much as I do like Joe Flacco, he's 38 years of age, and uh, I think he's going to throw a couple of picks this weekend.
1: I love it. It starts with well, I got to look at the injury reports and see what's happening. But here are 14 plays. Yeah, I, really I was about got to my
2: say, did on. he did he go through the entire schedule there? <laughs> hey, I mean, Joe Gordon. He likes a lot of games this week to
4: come on national radio. You got to show up, right? It's an open book test. He Might knew. As well show up with the notes, he knew he was ready. He knew. John Anik, lead play by play
1: voice of the UFC, UFC 296, Saturday night in Las Vegas, ESPN Plus pay per view. Check out both podcasts as well. One he does with his brother Jason Anik Square covering all the games on the weekend. They get into all that stuff. And then Anakin Florian. uh, I was just listening to you guys the other night. You get away with quite a lot, um, quite liberal with the language on that podcast, if I may say.
4: Well, it's interesting. About six (laughs) months ago, we heard from some fathers who, and Joe Rogan is my broadcast partner, if you don't know, and some of these dads were reaching out to me privately and saying, hey, we can't listen to the Joe Rogan experience. Please don't make it so that we can't listen to the Anakin (laughs) Florian podcast with our kids, right? But for a lot of UFC fans, they see me as a stuffed shirt maybe on pay-per-view. The podcast is my outlet to actually be me. And, and I grew up in Massachusetts, and every other word out of my mouth was usually a cuss. So that's me <laughs> being me. But, yeah, I think we need to scale it back a little bit. checking
1: yeah. out the Anik and Florian podcast, John Anik joining us here on the show. Anik, I always appreciate the time, man. I know you're busy. It's a huge week. Good luck on the call this weekend. I can't wait to see the suit.
4: Anytime, my man. Thank you guys so much.
1: John Hannock, ladies and gentlemen, that is a huge card. UFC 296 Saturday night in Las Vegas ESPN pay-per-view. He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Joe Fortenball. The Steeler way. We've talked a lot about the Patriots. We've talked a lot about teams that might be turning the corner in terms of where they were and where they're headed. Former, former terrible towel waiver. I'm looking at this. Is he technically a terrible towel waiver? Jump uh, on. you get the mics the mic's open yeah, don't I'm, give it away but is he a terrible towel waiver I mean I mean yeah if he did it once in his career he did it right I mean yeah. after they win playoff games what, what's he doing fair I'm okay, guessing yeah I'm guessing at some towel? point
2: in his career somebody handed him a towel
1: and he waved it fair great tease then I'm on board hand man nicely done <laughs> a former terrible towel waiver seems to think the Steelers way is over that's coming up next Carlin versus Joe on ESPN radio
0: this is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio
5: Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be.
1: It's covered up by Jonathan Jones and Jalen Mills, and the Patriots are going to celebrate a win for the first time since they beat Buffalo at home
0: in late
3: October. We
0: just haven't been able to reap the benefits before this team and to get that win. It means a lot. All
1: right, let's keep cooking alongside Gabe Knight's am Joe Fortinball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. The Pittsburgh Steelers started hot this season. Some fortuitous bounces helped add to the record, but so be it. You take them where you can get them. Problem is they're starting to fall apart late. And in conjunction with that commentary is starting to arise from all over the place about whether or not something's wrong. The thing about Mike Tomlin, who's been in charge of that organization for a long time is that Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. Maybe this is the year it happens. Maybe it's not. But the one thing we're not used to seeing under Mike Tomlin is a certain level of dysfunction bubbling up to the surface. The issues with Deontay Johnson, commentary from inside the locker room and now commentary from outside the locker room. Ben Roethlisberger had this to say recently. Take a listen.
5: Maybe the, the, the tradition of the Pittsburgh
1: Steelers is, 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 is done. Maybe it needs to be formed a new kind of way. I don't know. Like, who's,
3: who's grabbing someone by the face mask and being like, uh-uh. Yeah, that's not. No, that's not, not, what, we it's not yeah. what we do. So we do. Is that happening? You have guys on defense, doing it, but you need guys on both sides of the
1: ball doing it. You need someone to stand up in that room on offense mm-hmm. and be like,
3: hey, this, this, this isn't this isn't what it means to wear the black and gold.
1: That's Ben Roethlisberger speaking on his podcast Footballing, with Ben Roethlisberger. Talking about the Steeler way, Ryan Clark was talking about this recently as well. Outside of guys like Minkah Fitzpatrick, Cam Hayward, and T.J. Watt, he seems to think that it doesn't exist anymore, the Steeler way. We hear about the Patriot way all the time, but the Steeler way is a very real thing, Gabe Neitzel. Has this organization lost its way? No, at least
2: I guess I don't think so. I come back to okay. So you happen to mention the three best players they have on defense. Yeah, look at these guys. Well, yeah, those guys are good. (laughs) what, What do they have on offense that you're going? Yeah, these are. I mean, George Pickens has his moments, and maybe they have issue with some of the way that he's handled himself. But to me, this is very simple with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They don't have a quarterback they're trying to find a quarterback. They've taken a flyer on a couple of guys. You know, oh, Mitch Trubisky, maybe he can be a reclamation project the way that Geno Smith ended up being out in Seattle. Oh, that didn't really work out. Okay, well, you know, a quarterback, only one drafted in the first round a couple of years ago, falls to you in the mid-20s. Let's take a risk on Kenny Pickett. He doesn't look like the guy either. And, you know, for my money, if you're wearing gloves as a QB in the NFL, that's usually not going to be a good sign for that's your future success. That's a big red success. flag for Gabe yeah, that's, that's a big red flag for me, personally, just <laughs> <laughs> you know, going forward, go ahead, feel free to take that one Steeler way. But to me, that's that—that's what this is. I mean, your coach is really good. Yes, the defense is still really good, but you don't have an engine to drive that offense because you don't have a, cor- a quarterback good enough that's going to be able to push the ball down the field to some of these talented receivers that you have been able to have over the last handful of years. So, it's, it's, to me, it's just a simple answer of find your quarterback and the mysterious Steeler way that I'm putting in air quotes. You'll find it again.
1: I'm a huge Tomlin fan and I'm I'm even I'm an even bigger fan of the organization in the sense that I love the way that they do business they don't panic they don't make panicky decisions they go through their process they hire good people and then they sit back and they let them do their jobs I've always said that if I was an alien coming down getting introduced to the NFL for the first time and I could pick any team to root for I'd pick the Steelers because it's just good business year in and year out they're competitive year in and year out you have something to be proud of if you're a Steelers fan right like you look at somebody of the ups and downs teams go through you look at some of the down periods that teams like cleveland go through for the better part of i don't know centuries some of the organizations that might get good and then all of a sudden fall apart the steelers are just even steven they're always there they're always there they always give you reason to believe but this year's just a little bit different and again it's not calling for anyone's job or anything like that. It's just different. You had to fire an offensive coordinator. You're not winning as many games. You don't look all that competent on the offensive side of the ball, which goes hand-in-hand with the coordinator firing of Matt Canada. Uh, You don't know if you have your quarterback of the future in Kenny Pickett. You got former players like Roethlisberger speaking out. You got guys like Deontay Johnson who clearly have a problem with what's going on there. We're not used to seeing this game under Mike Tomlin. Like This is a new breed of, of, of problem for them.
2: No, to, to that point, in terms of consistency, I mean, since 1969, they've had three head coaches, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's just insanity in terms of how well the organization is being run. And yes, I mean, there is some frustration and you know, Roethlisberger was talking about, oh, who's grabbing face masks? I don't know. Does anybody in the NFL grab face masks anymore? Is that a way to get through players in 2023? I don't think it is. I haven't seen any head coaches do that in a long time. I haven't seen any players do that in a long time. And especially when you are on a team that has not had the success to the level that Ben Roethlisberger's Steelers did. Like if Kenny Pickett ran, went, went up to somebody and grabbed a face mask, his teammates going to look at him and go, dude, what are you talking about you can't throw the ball down the field when I'm open why are you grabbing my face mask like that that's just going to le- lean into more dysfunction currently on this team I think you're seeing a lot of frustrations and let's face it I mean they had to get rid of Matt Canada I mean he was not the answer at, at offensive coordinator either so it, it, it's they're going through some things do I think that they're going to this is going to end the Tomlin era in Pittsburgh I do not I believe they're going to give him another opportunity get another head coach try to get a quarterback in there I don't know if they end up trying to take a flyer on justin fields if the bears decide to move on from fields or what direction they end up going at that position but the one thing to your point i know they won't do it's not going to be a panic decision if they decide to let go of tomlin you know it's going to be a well thought out long decision process for that Steelers organization
1: hall of fame quarterback play is like a psychedelic And I know that's crazy to think about that comparison, but it is like a psychedelic because it takes you on one wild ride during the duration with which you have that quarterback. And then it completely fries your brain in terms of how to process your team and the quarterback position following that Hall of Fame quarterback play. Like you have Ben Roethlisberger for two decades. Every year you're in the hunt. Every year you're contending and then he's gone and things start to slide a little bit. And now all of a sudden everyone's worked up about the Steeler way in New England. It's Brady for two decades. He leaves. Everyone's losing their mind right now because they're three and ten Patriots don't go three and ten. That's something they haven't seen for decades, right? Hall of Fame quarterback play in Green Bay. They got it. Brett Favre followed by Aaron Rodgers. And now they're winning some games with Jordan Love. But it's such a psychedelic in the way that it leads you on this incredible journey, so I've been told, while it's happening. And then afterwards, your brain is just mush because you're not able to comprehend. Like, some of these quarterbacks can be solid, but if they're not to the level with which you're accustomed... You're not able to process it. Like you're not able to sit there and say this is okay, this is acceptable. Like in Tampa, they have Baker Mayfield right now. Eh, at times, it can be okay. Not for them coming off Tom Brady. As a Packers
2: fan, as someone in Wisconsin, I can attest to having three decades of Hall of Fame quarterback play. Three decades of psychedelics. Yeah. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is a wild ride. Like, but then you like you don't want to come off of it. So you see Jordan Love make a couple of really good throws. You go, yep, up. up problem solved we got it we got it but then he comes crashing down the earth the way he did on monday night football now ultimately i think jordan love is going to be a pretty good quarterback for the packers but like you see people around here oh you see people around here looking going oh look at his numbers versus aaron Rodgers' numbers in their first year of starting you know what that means? you mean that you're just looking for any excuse to keep the ride to continue to go and that's unfortunately just not the way that any of this works it is hard to find a quarterback it's hard to have that quarterback play at an incredibly high level for a long sustained amount of time and the the Steelers are just going through that right now they're trying to find and here's the because here's the problem most of the time in order to get one of the really good quarterbacks in this league you got to bottom out to a certain extent like even even to get the Patrick Mahomes of the world who was taken 12th or some of those guys there like the Steelers aren't picking in the top 15 like Tomlin doesn't lose he's too He's too good of a
1: coach. I know, that's the problem. They win They win too much. It, it, are the Steelers winning too much? Triple H said ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> Sports talk. You think anyone else has ever done the Hall of Fame quarterback play as a psychedelic? Analogy I don't think before? so. I think that might be the first, first one. First time for everything. Yeah. It could be the last time for everything if I get a call about a meeting (laughs) later today as well. He's Gabe Knights, along Joe Fornball From superchargers, exhaust kits, and more, eBay Motors has over 122 million parts to keep your ride or die alive. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items-only exclusions apply. Draymond Green, Yusuf Nurkic, another ejection. How many games do you think Draymond Green should be suspended for? Do you think the Warriors should consider the idea of trying to move on from him at the trade deadline in two months? Triple eight, say ESPN. Triple eight seven two nine three seven seven six. Some of you have been very patient, waiting on hold. Your time is next. He's Gabe Knights I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio.
0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. versus Joe on ESPN radio.
5: He's a great cook, too, so.
1: He's a great cook. All right, handman coming in from left field here. What, how would you know that? I mean, he's brought
5: in macaroni and
0: cheese before. And macaroni and cheese, that's that's the dish that we are
5: establishing that hey, no, Harry's no, no, a great no, cook. No, no. On. I'm a good cook. I'm a good I have a, it's not terribly viral, but I have a cooking Instagram.
4: Go ahead and plug me account. Hold uh, on,
1: um, uh, hold on. If it's embarrassing, don't plug the account.
5: It's not going to get anyone in trouble. All right, go ahead. At shirtlesschef.hb. Oh.
0: Did, did, did Harry just give us his OnlyFans? Is that what happened? Shirtless That's Chef. That's a different account.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was yesterday. I forgot about that. Shirtless Chef. Shirtless Chef. Harry, what is it? Is, is there something after the Shirtless Chef? dot .hb. <laughs> <laughs> did,
2: did anybody ask the obvious follow-up there?
1: Which was what? Why? The why? Oh, just the why? Just the why? Why? <laughs> why shirtless chef? I think I asked more specifically: Are you cooking with no shirt on? Just like, is that what the bit is here? Yeah. And he's like, no. And the, then there was the awkward
3: what,
5: silence. No, what do we do? We don't have reporters on this show, game. No one has to follow
2: up. <laughs> it's just a simple why, I guess.
5: I, I don't know. You know, I just I kind of came up with the name a couple of years ago. I it was. It was part tongue in cheek. Oh, you know, why don't you cook without your shirt on and just kind of evolve from that?
1: Now, who who pitched that? Someone obviously pitched you that idea. I so was someone one,
5: asked you to take your shirt off while cooking. I usually cook without my shirt on. This was back <laughs> back in college. Seems and it was. Uh, I believe it was it was my girlfriend at the time uh, said it was an idea, and I kind of came up with the name on my own.
1: People get all upset about Salt Bay throwing some salt off his forearm as if that's gross.
5: This is a guy who's cooking your meals shirtless. I'm cooking my own meal shirtless, and I think I'm fine with that. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Gabe.
1: Gabe Knigel, <laughs> Joe Ford Carlin versus Joe, the people's show here on ESPN Radio. We're calling it that because we're opening up the floor to you guys, the people. It's your show. Draymond Green last night. In a 119-116 loss to the Phoenix Suns gets ejected. For the 18th time in his career during the regular season. Second most ejections over the last 25 years behind only Rashid Wallace. Ejected for throwing a punch at the Suns' Yusuf Nurkic. He claims he was trying to sell the call and in the process accidentally punched Nurkic. I mean, we've seen this time and time again, so I don't think anyone's actually going to buy into the fact that it's accidental. We haven't heard from any teammates, any coaches, anyone standing up and defending him because they've all been through this before so now the question game is going to turn to what kind of suspension are we looking at here he just got five last month for trying to choke out Rudy Gobert what do you think happens here because of his history he doesn't get any benefit of the doubt he
2: doesn't get because we all know what we saw like if him selling the call is similar to somebody throwing a right hook all right we, we, we got to discuss that too because this uh situation with Rudy Gobert just happened The NBA season, is not we're not that deep into it. It started at the end of October. We're in the middle of January. And now we have another incident with Draymond Green. Had the Rudy Gobert thing happened two years ago? I think you're, okay, well, we gave him five there. We'll increase it a little bit. We'll go seven. This is just so close together. And now is going to be his third suspension of 2023 on a calendar year. I guess fourth suspension when you throw in the fact that he had to serve an an automatic suspension when he got a 16th technical. You got to double it. To me, you got to go 10 games. It's 10 games for Draymond after going five for Rudy Gobert. This thing's got to go up to 10 games to me.
1: What say you, Carlin versus Joe, the people's show? Let's start with Mark in North Carolina. I, we've got two marks in North Carolina. So we're going to bring one of you on, and I guess we'll let you know if it's you. And I don't think this was really – or maybe we could use a – last. maybe society could come up with something like middle names and last names in order to distinguish all of us from one Uh, another. But until then, we're lost. Right. Until then, (laughs) us here on this show specifically very much lost in the weeds. Mark in North Carolina, I'm just firing – bring him on, and let's see if he knows if it's him. I told him which one's coming first. All right. So Mark in North Carolina, your thoughts on Draymond Green and the upcoming suspension? Hello. Yes, it would be you. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I wanna first. Say you know, I, I, I called. I called during my lunch time. So I, I'm just like Draymond Green. I might be getting suspended, <laughs> but I had to push this narrative because the narrative is that Draymond, you know, Draymond, uh, because he got suspended in the finals, he cost his team a championship. No sir. You know I'm saying that he. I think it's it's the other way around that if uh, he cost LeBron James the chance to be, for his legacy to be even great, if he would have played in that game. You know what I'm saying? I I think, uh, like my kids say, uh, their favorite anime is, like, uh, compared to LeBron James compared to anybody else, his level is 9,000. You know what I'm saying? He's a better leader. Okay, I appreciate
1: the call on that one. I think I see what he's saying. It's, yeah. We always look to knock LeBron down. Well, this title was in a bubble. This title was an in-season tournament. This title came against a Warriors team where a guy was suspended. I get it. I get it. That's, you know what? You had but plenty what, of time on hold there. You did come up with something for us. Yeah, we I appreciate mean, that.
2: But if he's the one who was able to bait him, like, shouldn't that count into that take as well? If he's the one who got him suspended because he was the one to get under Draymond's skin, that's got to count for something.
1: I see you went with under the skin rather than a little bit more specific with what happened there. <laughs> Very, <laughs> game night still very much sidestepping the landmines that Joe Fornbaugh has laid throughout the course of this show. Hey, how about we try someone else named Mark in North Carolina? Since everybody named Mark in the great state of North Carolina has decided to call the show today, Mark in North Carolina, part two, your thoughts on Draymond Green. How much do you think uh, is coming his way in terms of a suspension?
4: I'll be brief, real quick, um, and follow me cl- Closely here uh, as the second mark in North Carolina. Here's what Draymond has to do. He has to call Jay Morant, get his shrink in Florida's number, call him, do the mental rehab. He'll be in faster recovery, faster recovery than Aaron Rodgers' Achilles, and make that podiatrist look like a hack.
1: There's <laughs> oh, a lot. All right, there's a lot to break down there. <laughs> lot to break down there. <laughs> There there are some who are suggesting the idea that something might be lurking behind the scenes here. I'm not going to speculate to that, but you've mentioned this. Draymond is headed for his sixth suspension during his time in the NBA. Mm -hmm. The fourth one coming up here in the last calendar year. Four in a calendar year, and to have this one happen – like less than a month after the Gobert chokeout, you almost start to wonder is he acting out? Is like something going on here? Or maybe this is just him being him. I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me that it's happening this frequently though when the team's struggling. Or maybe it's happening this frequently because the team is struggling.
2: And and Mark there brought up John Morant. And the second, again, it's the same thing with John Morant. Granted, it was completely different circumstances, but it's, John, we just talked to you about this. Now we have to really drop the hammer on you because we, we just just had a conversation, clearly you didn't listen, so now we have to make you listen by having you sit out, because that's the one thing that you hope he responds to, because I'm assuming Steve Kerr said something to him in the past, I'm assuming Steph Curry has said things to him in the past, maybe the only way to get through Draymond Green is you can't be on the team for the next 10 days.
1: Triple eight, say ESPN, triple eight, seven, two, nine, three, seven, seven, six. If you want to weigh in, Carlin versus Joe is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV and boat insurance. Visit Progressive dot com. I mean, they gave them 100 million over four years this past offseason. They knew exactly what they were getting into. This can't come as much of a surprise. And when you hear from Steve Kerr and anyone else in the organization who speaks on the matter, it's just one in which they basically hang their head and say, yeah, I mean, he's He's got to know better. Like at this point, what else can be said? We can talk about the ejections and the suspensions. Let's throw in the Jordan pool situation. That was a self. That was a team suspension last year. We yep. don't even count that one, but nope. that's him knocking out a teammate and causing a rift in the locker room throughout the course of the entire season. Mike in California, standing in California, if you want to hang tight, we'll take more calls throughout the course of the show. Draymond Green, the punishment that's coming, and whether or not the Warriors may look to trade him at the trade deadline in a couple months, all that's next. He's Gabe so I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe, right here The People Show on ESPN Radio.
0: This
3: is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.